0: And uh the king.
1: And this is Mother's Day 2021. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, those who bore a child, to those who took care of other people's children in nurturing them and in teaching them, as well as the fathers who were absent with a wife in the home who also had to play both roles so again i greet you with um mothers that happy mother's day today and may your day be a big blessing i want to turn your attention over to the book of jeremiah verse 20 chapter 29 verse 11 this is jeremiah 29 verse 11 and i'll be reading from the King James version for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future may the lord add a blessing to the reading of his word and may the word be blessing to those who hear the word and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. The subject I want to talk about today is celebrating the strength of the black woman. Black women matter. Despite everything, you we survived everything. God does have us through all of our stuff and when you think no one understands us other women do even if we never ever say anything regardless of what we are let's continue onward God is going to do what he said he's going to do so today let's rise because he will do what he said he would do. And because of this, let's rise and think energy. The Lord is on our side, and he sees and knows everything about us. Let's rise because he's given you thoughts to heal you, but to give to others. So think about powerful thoughts. We're worthy and wonderfully made. We're unique and created, formed and made with purpose you may not understand as we often don't but God does understand so onward to greater let's rise today and stop looking at the current or maybe some of us have been stuck on stuff from our past and let's get away from the old woe is me instead let's rise today and say I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me and yes we can see since the beginning of time when women have made it work I am not denouncing men today I just want to celebrate women we're the life givers we're all mothers in some aspect regardless of whether or not you've um, we've been told Physically that we um, are not mothers because we haven't physically had a child But God uses women to nurture and to give life to all children It doesn't matter its origin It's natural to have a maternal instinct And that's a blessing from God The thing is that Western culture from the past 400 years Has done everything under the sun to devalue women, especially the black and brown women. And since we know that it all started in Africa, I would say black, recognizing the continent Africa as Mother Earth. We all come from Africa. Now, many of the women, I must say, are in the Bible were descendants of Ham. That means dark-skinned. There were, there were false imagery that, was told, uh, that told a different story about where we come from, but it, di- but it disconnects any connections that would allow us to be able to relate, connect, and reshape our thinking on our powerful black presence in the Bible. After all, many of us are from kings and queens, but due to disconnects from slavery Many of my sisters today believe that they are just their current disposition. What society has told her, and what friends and family have told her. What some do, Tyrone, D Lo, Muscles, and Boo says that she is. And this is just certainly not true. Take note of the following women, our distant relatives who paved the way. Often hidden behind the man, as in culture, the woman didn't stand out, nor did she have a voice. I'm not going to, I am now going to focus on three very different women with everything different, yet God's promise is extended to them. Did they accept God's promises? Well, let's see. The first woman was the first lady and the mother of the human race. Her name is Eve. Eve was special, straight from God, from the best, which means that she came from the land best in everything. God, Eve is God's first female human creation. See, it, you, as we all know the story, it took God six days to create the world, and he rested on the seventh day. After God had finished His handiwork, He decided to make human beings. God's desire was that His human creation reflect His image with the ability to reason, create, and make decisions. Using the the, dust of the earth, the ground, God began forming the shape and the skin tone of His first human creations. He breathed into her nostrils, or to his nostrils the breath of life, and his human creature Eve became a living soul. The history around Eve is interesting because she suffered more than any other woman who had lived. This was due to her enticing her husband, who is Adam, as we all know, to disobey God, thus setting in motion all of the ills of mankind. The Lord had provided everything to Adam and Eve, everything they needed to be happy and content in fellowship with him, lacking absolutely nothing. However, the Lord set a test before them to see if they would follow his voice when he commanded them. See contrary to what people say, God made Adam first. Some people think that they came together, but in reality, as we read scripture, he made Adam first. He then told him about what he could and could not eat. Eve wasn't even created, made, or formed right at that time. And you can read the entire story in the book of Genesis in chapter 2 and chapter 3. Now, the, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of eden to to work it and to keep it and the lord god commanded the man saying you may surely eat of every tree of the garden but in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die then the lord god said it is not good for the man for the man should be alone to be alone I will make him a helper fit for him. Now on the ground of the Lord, God had formed every beast in the field and every bird in the heavens and brought them to the man and he na- Adam named all of them. Looks like it was just going to be Adam and the animals until God made Adam a helper fit for him. Now this is clear in scripture that when we have a husband, We do do not need to change anything else. He's not your mate. God makes a helper fit for every husband. Scripture continues the story, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man, and while he was sleeping, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh, and the rib that the Lord God had made from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is at last as bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And even Adam named her woman. So, as we know, Eve wasn't even made when both her and her husband flunked the test that God had already set up. Her biggest problem was that she persuaded Adam to eat the fruit that God told her not to eat. Thought, how often do we do these things, knowing that we received the instru- that we received instructions and they didn't but they didn't, the other person didn't, but we followed that other person's instructions. There's repercussions to doing this, and prisons are full of people who did the same. Houses are destroyed and hanging on a nail full of dysfunction and maladjusted behaviors because of the following instructions from people who did not get the the initial instructions. So as we know, Eve failed the test, and this was just the beginning of the sorrows. The lesson here is that there are there are repercussions to actions like Eve who suffered hard it was painful to suffer the punishment of God before the fall she did know about evil Satan her world was of the radiance of God's uh, brightness and glory. Her world was full of God walking and talking with her daily, living in a perfect environment where there's no sorrow and pain, no tears, no grief, only knowing love. After the fall, it all changed. Just think, the first ever eviction, Adam and Eve, from the beautiful, perfect Garden of Eden, that the Lord had placed them in. Nest Eve had to bear children in much pain. And you'll read that again in the, uh, the book of Genesis and the third chapter. Nest Eve no longer carried equal status with her husband, Adam, and she now fell under his authority. See, his best. With all the things that went on, it is best to admit our mistakes. Adam and Eve, Adam blamed Eve, and we know that Adam blamed Eve and God. The woman you put here here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree, and I ate it, emphasizing mine. He was basically telling God, the creator of the universe, hey God, it was her fault. But if you hadn't put her here, none of this would have happened. What a awful move. Then we see that Eve does her blame, but she was thrown under the bus. The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Don't we do this too? Instead of looking at ourselves, we look at everything and everyone for our actions. I can recall one of my daughters blaming our water system for giving her uh, uh, some kind of just disease or rash or whatever you want to call it. The same water that everyone else in the house uses to drink. In psychology, it's a, it is um, a tree that taught that we must look at our actions as this is the only person we can change. We must accept our consequences. If any good comes from it, For our benefit, that is grace. And then the consequences are dished out. And we all know the story. And one thing that is easiest to overlook in the story of Eve is her redemption. Most people, even non-believers, have a knowledge of Eve's creation as well as what led to her downfall. But then we stop there. We don't dig deeper to see... How even in the beginning God was working to redeem us from our sin. That good news is um, in um, the 24 verses of chapter 3 in the book of Genesis. It is easy to overlook the the two verses that bring hope. And it is we already saw that Adam named his wife Eve in Genesis 3.21. God made the garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. The sacrifice for sin didn't just happen with Jesus on the cross. Even in the beginning, do you see how the Old Testament isn't just about God's wrath? The first story of people screwing up has the consequences and the story of sacrifice what a wonderful perfect connection to the sacrifice of his only begotten son as we find in John the gospel according to John chapter 3 16. the story continues on with she went on and had three children we know the story of her three sons Cain and Abel but there was also a third son named Seth and in Genesis 4 she gave birth to She came and says, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. She is not quick to dismiss God, even though she now lived outside of paradise. It is difficult to have bitterness towards someone and recognize their help as well. And one last thing I want to say about Eve. Through her story, we can learn that we must remain faithful in all circumstances. Yes, oftentimes we do mess up, and we can circle back to having our life almost exactly as it was, and that is considered grace. Then there are times as well as with Adam and Eve where our mistakes set our lives in a completely different path for the rest of our lives. Somehow that's still considered grace because it could have been worse. We can choose to dwell on those mistakes or we can release the bitterness of the past and remain faithful to God for the future. So the next time we think about Eve or someone mentions her, reset your perspective. Recognize that we all have consequences, but it isn't the end of the story. Hold in on to God's intent of your life. Be faithful and focus on his blessing for a joyful living. And if you need to re- need a reminder, I invite you to spend more time with God, understanding his purpose. The good news is that God's intention from the very beginning was to create a strong woman. The good news, again, is that while society has perverted the purpose of black women, in all women, our emotions do not make us weak. See, being merciful does not make us doormats, and nurturing does not make us coddlers. Are these things possible if used in the wrong way? Yes. But they are not inherently bad. They do not make us weak. They are completely strengths to men. Also remembering Eve along with Adam's redemption, even though God redeemed Eve and her husband Adam, it didn't stop other things to enter into their family. They had Cain, his twin brother Abel, and another brother named Seth. The lost books of the Bible reveal that they had twin sisters. Their family dynamics were not only a colorful seasonal journey of highs and lows. It was filled with maladjusted behaviors, family violence, and psychotic experiences. They And they are the first family with the first rivalry in family. Had, and that family had issues brought in from bad decisions to disobey God. More than that. Eve's actions, as we know, led to the fall of the human race of people on the earth. And one last thing that I want to talk about with Eve before we move on. Eve came from God. She came from the ultimate, made especially for Adam, but the family dynamics were atrocious. To humans, it is dead on arrival. Stick a fork in it. I've been duped, I've been had and I've been bamboozled. But to God, it is just pure redemption. N- woman number two. How sad. I want to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. How sad she isn't known by name except by her private embarrassing medical issues. Now, in some... um. Um, studies I found that they did give her a name of Veronica in in um, Catholicism but as for what we know she has no name so, um, question why do we result to one having fallen into sin her life must have been right must not have been right she's doing something wrong instead of scolding her why couldn't the women come to help her by easing some of the discomfort, helping her to clean the blood on her garment, making provisions, the same things they did when it was their time of the month. Understand that the social and the religious laws and norms entail that women—that when a woman has a regular flow of blood, the impurity of her monthly period will last seven days, and that anyone who touches her will be unclean until evening anything she lies on during that her period will be unclean and anything she sits on will be unclean and maybe that will answer the question why other people didn't come to her so i'm sure that she had a lonely life for the last 12 years this lady's problem was basically physical in today's time this could be either fibroids which are non-cancerous growths in the uterus that can develop during a woman's childbearing years. It could be endometriosis, which is a disorder in which tissue that normally lies the uterus grows outside the uterus. It can be hemophilia, a disorder in which blood doesn't clot normally. When blood can't clot properly, excessive bleeding external and internal occurs after any injury or damage. By the grace and all-knowing of God, we today have technology and advancements in medicine which is still God. God brings us into the United States of America and other continents. He gives us the latest medical technology so that we don't have to suffer like the woman with the issue of blood. Regardless of whatever she was struggling with, the whole community knew about her condition. Now, in 1896 was when sanitary napkins were first sold. Today, women in resource-poor areas of the countries, like Africa or some of the very remote and primitive places, They're still struggling with this same thing in 2021 and many parts of the world are just beginning to market and sell sanitary products for women. And they also are looking at getting medical technology that will help women in villages. What's worse is in Malawi, women keep their product, they use pads and clothes that they use for their cycles under their bed. In Swaziland, more than half the girls either burn their pads or dispose it in toilets as they believe that this is the only way to remove all traces of menstrual blood and help them maintain their integrity. How awful is that? Other Sub-Saharan countries have launched initiatives to make better market penetration of sanitary pads. Now back to the Bible, Um, according to the laws in Leviticus, and you can find it in the chapter 15, excessive blood flow made a woman ceremonially unclean. Any furniture she touches was considered unclean. If other people touched her, they were considered unclean. This woman was very alone because of the laws in Leviticus. No one wanted to be around her. She couldn't go out in public. She couldn't be hugged by her family. This went on for 12 years. It's just like a 12-year quarantine. And we're struggling with going into year two of a quarantine. Just imagine quarantining for 12 years. Not only was she considered unclean, but she she probably felt it as well having to deal with the logistics of trying to have clean clothes and linen for 12 years. The backdrop to this lady was that she was going through this painful and embarrassing medical ordeal. And this was around 30 to 33 A.D. during Jesus' earthly ministry. The normal menstrual cycle is, as we know, is in well from 28 to 30 days with four to seven days on. However, this lady's continuous bleeding went on for 12 continuous years. I can recall personally that I had a cycle that went haywire for 120 days. And which led to me having to urgently get a blood transfusion. That wasn't available to this lady back in this time. Well, as we know with this lady, um, she found out that Jesus was coming to town with his ministry um to see someone uh, the, to see someone um serious, to heal his daughter and and up uh, and like others she grabbed her energy and ran to Jesus blood and all when we are struggling we ought to run to Jesus like this lady the doctor couldn't help her but the master physician could she needed she just needed Jesus wanted to touch him say something to her so she could end her 12 year misery like her we should press on when jesus is right there for us like her she didn't let her cramps and ongoing blood get in the way like her she should we should run to jesus especially when he is right in front of us jesus in the in all of the crowd knew that the strong faith and just touching Jesus would heal her everything else including the doctors locally couldn't do anything for her and then he blessed her and said daughter be of good cheer your faith has made you well go in peace and this woman did whatever she needed to do to go get her blessing if this woman with the issue of blood had accepted the restrictions being placed upon her, she would have never, ever been healed. If this woman with the issues of blood had allowed the failures of her past attempts to be healed to dictate the outcome of her future, she would have never, ever obtained her blessing. We know that she spent all of her money on all the treatments available, and nothing had helped her. So, regardless of what the Jewish law said, she she did what she needed to do to get to Jesus. She looked at herself trying everything possible for healing. After all the no's, all the medical rejections, she didn't give up. She ran to Jesus for her urgent matter. It wasn't about shame or what anyone had to say. She just came to Jesus, wanted to touch him unapologetically, With open arms to receive his blessing of healing in faith. That if anyone can heal me, he's my opportunity for healing. And I'm not going to let it pass me by. I'm going to touch him and run with it in faith. In the gospel of Matthew, he had a different account. Matthew seemed to think that the healing happened after Jesus blessed the woman. Whereas in the Gospel according to Mark and the Gospel according to Luke, they wrote that the healing happened as soon as she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Maybe this discrepancy was simply be simple because Matthew hadn't paid enough attention to his this miracle. Of course, he didn't realize the most important part. The woman was healed. And only real... We all can easily miss seeing miracles, too, simply because we're too busy or we are not paying enough attention or our focus has drawn us elsewhere. A true story I want to tell you, and this just happened recently. I was reading of a woman uh, on Facebook who was in a class that involved many steps before her surgery that would take, her, take care of her health issue. She did everything that was prescribed up to that point. She now, so now she was waiting on her surgery date. This was in late December 2020. She received her call in early January 2021 for a surgery, but she declined because it, it wasn't convenient. Then COVID came and slowed down the upcoming surgeries. She was called again recently, and she turned it again, uh, down again in June and also for July dates. Her excuses were that these dates aren't good, and the hospital is one hour away, and her husband is going to be away. Now she's angry at everyone who gets their dates, gets their blessing, have their surgeries, and move on with the betterment of their health. And let's not be like this lady if we can help it. Let's be like the lady with the issue of blood who just heard that Jesus was coming through and just took it and ran with it. To us, healing is standing at the door. Let's be like the woman. Again, like I say, be like the woman with the issue of blood and get to Jesus and the social and cultural laws will not stop us. Now, woman number three. Unlike the previous two women, she was known but not for doing great things. Sometimes people get can get caught up and think they have arrived, when in fact they haven't. This woman married up as many people thought and from many things that I read. As people say, and she was considered today as a woman with, who had A chronic psychological mental illness, and I would not rule out explosive disorder as one of hers. Was she a queen? Yes, she had many problems. She just so, just because someone has an extended amount of problems, do we just write them off like they're trash, or do we ignore them, or do we pray for them, or do we? Become a fake friend to them, so that we can be on their good side. Or do we just shake our head um, every time we see them offering pity instead of asking God to give them to to give prayers to intervene? And I'm sure we've all met women like this. They're in power, yet the ruling is vain and explosive. In today's terminology would be diagnosed as having intermittent explosive disorder, which is a form of anxiety, if you're questioning what it is. It is repeated sudden episodes of impulsive, aggressive, violent behavior, or anger, or verbal outbursts, Grossly reacts to things grossly out of proportion. It is today road rage, uh, domestic abuse, throwing or breaking objects, or temper tantrums, or anything else violent. This woman could have been having bipolar anger, which is impulsive, intense, erratic, and explosive. When asked a simple question, and responding with irrational anger and or irritation, when one when one is lashing out for no logical reason. On those that love and care for them. But I'm not so sure about her. We're speaking of Jezebel. Her story can be found in the Old Testament. In the in First Kings chapter 21. And you can read her story for yourself. Although she is a queen. She is one of this honor. Today in 2021. In the United States of America. We've just had our own experience with poor and mental illness leadership. Anyway, this lady is the vilest woman in the Bible. And I'm sure we probably met people similar. Can you imagine her if social media was present today? Now the backdrop on her is that during her time, Israel had just become divided into two separate kingdoms. We had uh, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. They remained as one kingdom controlled controlling the southern kingdom of um, Ju- Judah. Um that's you can read more on that from 1 Kings chapter 12. The other twelve tribes were controlled controlled the northern kingdom of Israel, each had its own king, while the southern Judah honored all of the laws and ordinances handed down by Moses, the holy days, the rituals, the ordinances, and the commandments. The northern kingdom changed the laws of Moses and began to worship idol gods, missing pagan customs with Judaism. That is, they defiled their own religion. Their kings were evil and worse, especially my black queens and kings. They led the entire 12, ten tribes of Israel into idolatry. This is for you, brothers. One of the laws stipulates for Israel to honor ways to not marry women outside of their nation unless she converts to um, Judaism. So here we go. Je- Jezebel, Queen Jezebel was not Hebrew and she wasn't and did not convert to Judaism. Question, what was King Ahab thinking when he met her and when he married her? It must have been something because she influenced him to worship her idols of Baal and Asherah. It must have been something because she had King Ahab kiss her feet. He established an altar for these these idols. Because King Ahab inherited the northern kingdom from his dad, who was King Omari, he brought the northern kingdom of Israel to great power and established Samaria as its capital. This made Jezebel powerful too. As queen, yet she was evil and very unpleasant. She ordered the prophets of God to be massacred. She personally ordered the execution of Naboth, a law-abiding landowner, because her husband, King Rahab, really wanted his land. His death was pre- but, but we have to know that, like I said before earlier, that there are consequences to your actions. Because um, Queen um, Jezebel's death was pretty gruesome. She was thrown out of the window by members of her own court. Her flesh of her courts was eaten by stray dogs. And you can read more about this in 1 Kings chapter 21. She incited, now again, like I said, she incited her husband to leave his worship of Yahweh and promote worship of Baal and Asherah largely. She became associated with false prophets. In some interpretations, it said that her makeup and her dress made her look like a prostitute. Her husband was the only king to sell out and do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because she stirred him up. So again, I ask, what in the world made him go to her? What did she say to him? What did she do? Now, that's it for her in a nutshell. Yes, she could have done better for herself. The windows were open to her to do great things, but she did. The opportunities were greatly, but she could care less. However, she chose to do the wrong things. Her work is subtle, meaning she was cunning, she was deceptive, and seductive to tear apart entire marriages, churches and other entities unlike many evil spirits this one like Jezebel operated in a more subtle and sinister way so I just all I can say at this point is sick sick and sick Jezebel often didn't do the dirty work herself in scripture haven't we seen that before recently Instead, she connived with others to get it done for her. For instance, when a man named Naboth refused to give the land of his ancestors over to the king of vineyard, Jezebel writes letters to her husbands in her husband's name to get Naboth killed so she and her husband could acquire the vineyard. We know that she used something. Maybe she used the powers of seduction to woo a married man or want a man of God away from the path of righteousness. Now don't act like this is strange as this happens all the time. We know that King Ahab married wrong and his wife had him to do wrong. Had only this been different, we could we did we would not have known about Jezebel's story before this. We don't know what made her evil. We do not know beyond her actions what made her do the things that she did. Many men marry wrong and some are able to divorce in our time, and their Jezebel it has consequences to her actions, if not change. God's grace is there if he or she wants it, but you have to want it sincerely. Jezebel thought she was above the law, and she thought she was above God. Jezebel definitely has power and control issues. Jezebel definitely has narcissistic personality disorder. Jezebel definitely has borderline personality disorder. That is, this disorder impacts the way she thinks and feels about herself and others, causing problems and the functions that she has to deal with every day. Jezebel threatened to have King, the prophet Elijah killed. Jezebel believed kings and queens had absolute power to do whatever they wanted to do and use their cunning to take control of the king, of a king and his nation. Yes, again, there are still consequences to your actions, like I keep saying, You're still loved. You're still redeemed with redemption, but redemption doesn't mean that we don't reap what we sow. Jezebel's story, in and is about her and God. Since all, since this is all we have, we can learn from this. And while we have the grace and the mercy to get our stuff on track, let's open the door. Being a mother to your own and to the world is an awesome responsibility. Let's be let's not be like Jezebel. Let's do our best. Let's run to Christ like the woman who's nameless with the issue of blood. Let's allow the redemption of Jesus to fall on us as Eve was redeemed from the fall of the human experience. We have three different women. All you need. All different lives, all social circumstances, all different mindset, body and spirit connections. We know the first lady was created by God, lived in the Garden of Eden until she was taken out. The second woman had an embarrassing blood disorder until she met Jesus and she touched his garment and her faith healed her. The third woman thought she was above God, didn't need God, but but was um, gruesomely killed. But praise God for our redemption. As in the the words of Kirk Franklin, let this chapter be your first and your your last chapter. Chapter, the word says in Romans 5, 8 through 11, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him. Through the death of his son. How much more. Having been reconciled. Shall we be saved. Through his life. Not only is this so. But as we boast. In God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have now. Received reconciliation. Our redemption is God's plan. For us. Becoming the best version of our. Flesh of ourselves. In our flesh of ourselves. To do this. We must open the door to Jesus. Who is standing at the door and knocking. Like the woman. They all have. Like these women. We all have free will to choose our journey. That is in our forefront. For us. We are the same. Door number one. You were personally there. Initially. But you have allowed something contrast and sneaky to persuade you and thus persuading another who was directly with God to get in in your instructions and get in the way to persuade you to persuade someone who really did get the instructions and go against what God has already told them. Or you can go to door number two. You have a health issue that has been with you for 12 years. You spent all of your money. You've gone everywhere to do to find no resolution, and I can imagine the thoughts that you may have had in dealing with this, with this, with um, the problems. But you decided when you saw that Jesus was on the path and coming to toward you that you wanted to touch him in faith to get your resolution, or you can choose door number three. You merit power, so you think you have power, and I can say that many people act this way. I want because I want, and I tell you to do what I want you to say because I have the power. But fortunately, I died because I thought I had everything. Psalms thirty-eight, thirty-three, verse eleven says, "But the plans I have for you, says the Lord, stand firm forever. The purposes of His heart through all generations." So, still a part of the God's plan. We were born with plans from God. Things happen along the way. Jesus never, ever left us. We, on the other hand, left Jesus. So what is your thing to be redeemed? Jesus is for us. And Jesus is for the, everything that we have going on. The world will cast us down and throw us away and throw the key away. Say mean things and blame us for their stuff while the madness of our, the madness is going on. But Jesus comes in to redeem and take take away all the the stories and all the problems that we have, and to bring us to a place of peace and res, resolution. That is the wilderness journey, and when we meet Jesus, so stop your blaming and come to Jesus. Praise God for God's plan. By his grace, we're healed. We must do our part. We must do our work. God's plans have been in place before we were conceived in our mother's room. This is what makes mothers who carry and mothers who teach and mothers who nurture so important. Life would not properly be without mothers. So today, let's do God's plan with our daily redemption we must hold close to his scripture for i am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the lord the love of god that is in christ Jesus our Lord. So when life gets hard, we do have a tendency to say that we need a break. What we really need is that we need to have redemption. God will deliver us from the power and presence of sin. If this promise sounds too good to be true, consider the fact that the world used to work this way prior to the rebellion of Adam and Eve. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. The Bible envisions a day when these broken relationships will be forever restored. God's people will inherit a new earth that bears abundant food apart from the sweat of our brow and without a threat of thorns. They will neither feel pain or cause others to experience hurt of any kind as their tears have been eternally wiped away. Death will no longer hunt the living as gentle lambs will rest side by side with formerly uh, carnivorous wolves. Best of all, God will dwell with his people. Nothing unclean will be allowed to enter the new creation. There will be no trees that trick or serpents to tempt. Worship, not worry, will categorize the family of God in a world without end. In a world, thus fallen world will be redeemed. Yes, living in a fallen world as Christians means we will experience trials and tribulations and will continue to struggle with our own temptations. When we are forgiven, God will not finish with us. God has is not finished with us. Consequently, longing for a better world, even a perfect world, is not a form of escapism. Rather, it is the Christian's rightful anticipation of a promise made only by the One who justly pronounced a curse on this world and then lovingly took that curse upon himself in order to redeem people to his glory. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave, me, gave himself for me. Christ was crucified for our sin. By faith, we trusted that his death paid for all our own personal sin. In that way, we are crucified with him. I sin with him on the cross. That sinful us dies, replaced by the resurrected Christ in us. We continue to live in the flesh, of course, but our lives are not directed not by our sinful selves but by our faith in Christ so maybe our redemption should look like this empty and broken I came back to him vessel unworthy so scared with sin but he did not despair he started over again I blessed the day he didn't throw the clay away over and over he mows me and makes me Into his likeness, he fashions the clay vessel of honor. I am today, all because Jesus didn't throw the clay away. So, rise to redemption through Jesus. God does have a plan for us plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. He is standing at the door knocking. So, why don't you open the door? Let him in and help and let him help you with your needs. The plan was set over 2,000 years ago, so all we have to do is be a lady, be a mother God wants us to be, and let him clean up and restore it with one breath. Again, let us get on with God's plan, the master plan. May God bless His message and those that hear.